0: Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of his word as delivered at Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, talking to Jesus, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Mm hmm so Pilate had mingled the Galileans' blood with their sacrifices. Jesus answering unto them, suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffered much things? I tell you nay, but except you repent, ye shall you shall all likewise perish. Or those 18 for another example, who, upon whom the tower of Salome fell and slew them, think that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? Think that these people, who first their blood was mixed, Pilate mixed the blood of the Galileans with? Do you think that these were just the worst of sinners? Do you think these people who experienced a tragedy and a tower fell on them and they all were? Killed by this tower falling on them. You think they were sinners, the most uh sinners in all of Jerusalem? You think these people had this thing, calamity had to them, to them, because they were just so terrible of people? Verse 5: I tell you, nay, no, but except ye repent, ye shall always all likewise perish. Verse 6. And he spake also this parable, connecting these first five verses to this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this tree, this fig tree, and find none, cut it down why cumbereth it the ground and he answered and said unto him lord let it alone this year also till i shall dig about it and dung it and if it bear fruit well and if not then after that thou shall cut it down my focus is really coming from verse eight and it says and he answering the dresser answering the owner answering unto him let it alone this year also till i shall dig about it and dung it i want to preach for the next few minutes from the same series god has given us same series god has given us the gift of change i want to preach this sermon another year tell somebody another year tell somebody again say another year in this story we've kind of read and seen some verses here The owner of the fig tree came to get fruit from the tree. The owner who actually planted this fig tree, I want you to understand, he has a right to expect results from what's going on with the fig tree. He has a prerogative, he has a right. He's the one who has planted seed in the vineyard, the tree is now growing, and he's coming back to get fruit from the tree, and he has a right to expectation. He has a right to expect good fruit from this tree. So he's comes, he comes back, he expects the results, he inspects what's going on, and he finds no fruit thereon. It helps us to understand that there is an expectation to produce good fruit. You know, I work in the financial world. And one of the things we try to do is keep good records that validate why we spent what we spent, what are we doing with the monies, and do they line up in which the purpose in which they are given. And every once in a while, we have to go and check and make sure everybody has dotted I's and crossed the T's. Why? Because the auditors are coming. The auditors are coming to verify that we're doing the right thing with what we have received. The same thing is for the owner of the fig tree. He comes back to check the tree and he comes to verify that the tree is on target. I'm telling you, even as auditors come in the financial world and this owner came to take on his fig tree, I don't want you to lose sight that the father is coming back there may have been delays there may have been times of waiting but you can never lose consciousness that the father is coming back and he expects us to bear good fruit now the world is blind but the church i think have lost sight that the father is coming back everybody say jesus is coming back yeah the Bible tells us that now uh, Christ will sanctify us and cleanse us with the washing of the word all right but I want you to understand why Christ is sanctifying us and cleansing us it's because the father is coming back for a glorious church all right without spot or wrinkle or any such thing it says we ought to be holy and without blemish i'm telling you i know he has to lay his coming but you better never forget that he's coming back everybody yell he's coming back he's coming back and he's expecting us to bear good fruit good fruit The owner of this fig tree uh, comes back looking for fruit and he finds no fruit on the fig tree in other words the fig tree has a trunk it has branches it has twigs it had leaves but it has no fruit the owner is there and he's wondering what's going on with this tree why no fruit why no fruit on the tree i observe it i look at it i inspect it It has a trunk it's buried in soil it has branches it has twigs it has leaves but it has no fruit what's wrong with this tree that it has not produced fruit it's important at this moment why the uh, the owner of the fig tree is looking for fruit, because we got to understand that a tree is known by its fruit. The Bible doesn't say that a, a tree is known by its seed. So it's not good enough to just be seed. He says that a tree is truly known by its fruit. Luke 6 and 43 says, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit nor does a bad tree bear good fruit for every tree is known by its fruit it helps us to understand what the what actually uh, the owner of the fig tree is looking for is looking for this tree to fully express its identity Because as long as it got a trunk, branches, twigs, without fruit, nobody still know what kind of tree it is. Nobody can really, really discern really what type of tree it is. And the greatest confirmation of the tree is not how it looks, but what the fruit it bears. So the greatest confirmation of our lives is not that we look like a Christian. I says now look, so I believe even the definition of what it looks like to be a believer and a Christian have got blurred throughout the years right so we can't even necessarily say the ultimate uh identity of, of of looking like a christian is coming to church all the time we can't say that the last two years has proven that with the pandemic having to have some safety and precaution having to use technology and other means to connect we've proven that it's not just about coming to a physical building that represents that you are a christian because we found out that we can can eat even from technology. We can gather and get spiritual food without necessarily gathering physically. We have had to learn how to navigate in tough waters and still show forth identity of being a Christian. Um, likewise, neither do you necessarily bear fruit just alone by coming to church. Why coming to church is a part of what you should do as a discipline of a Christian it alone doesn't mean that you can have fruit on your tree because the truth of the matter you can come to church even sing songs and still treat your neighbor with the wrong mind and the wrong attitude it is still possible to come to church and still be all in foolishness it is still possible to come to church and still not bear fruit so the only thing that this owner is really looking for that really really identifies that this tree is on target is not a trunk it's not branches it's not leaves or a twig while that's a part of it don't lose it but he says I gotta see fruit everybody say he has the see fruit he has the see fruit because fruit really shows the identity of this tree so the owner is the first person disappointed that the tree doesn't have fruit can we put things in order today some of us act like where our lives our lives hadn't been or come to yet that we are the most frustrated individuals about where our lives is the truth of the matter if you think you're the most frustrated about where your life is you are missing that you have an owner you are missing that somebody purposed you here you are missing that somebody planted you here I'm not saying that you should not have an indignation or a frustration, but you don't have the most frustration. If anybody would be the most frustrated about where you are or what you haven't done, it's the owner of the tree. I want to say that in perspective because some of us act like we desire where we got to be more than God. Some of us act like we desire to grow, prosper, produce more than God. And when you do that, you're already out of order and it means that you're now depending upon your own strength uh, to get where you gotta go. Your frustration that you say I wish I was here I wish I was here and if you're more frustrated than God if you're more frustrated frustrated than God if you're not careful, listen closely you will take yourself out of God's process because condemnation and guilt will come upon you because you feel more than God that you should be somewhere and anytime you're feeling that you should be more fruitful than where God desires you to be fruit watch out it's a trick now the enemy is trying to get you to quit and throw in the towel the enemy is trying to trick you to keep using your own strength to get where you got to go and guess what you're gonna find out in your flesh dwelleth no good thing what you're gonna find out that you don't have the full capacity in your own strength to even bring about what God has designed you to do And the enemy is going to make you keep trying to bring this thing to pass under your own strength. And you're going to find out you're exhausted, you're tired, you're full of anxiety because you have decided that your standard is above God's standard. The owner has the greatest disappointment. If there'll be anything in our lives that have not fully materialized, the owner has the greatest disappointment. So the owner comes and addresses the condition of the lack of fruit. He goes to the dresser of the vineyard. The dresser of the vineyard is the person responsible and whose duty is to trim the vines and take care of this tree and the vineyard. When he comes to the dresser of the vineyard, he's very disappointed. He says to the dresser of the vineyard, addressing the dresser of the vineyard. He says, behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree. Three years i come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find none. He tells the dresser to cut it down why cumbereth it the ground in other words uh, I have a standard of productivity I have a standard that when I plant a seed I expect it to grow and I expect it to produce fruit All right. it's because I have a standard I'm telling you this thing have not grown I've come back three years and this is the third year I come back and this tree has not produced fruit I'm telling you dresser he's addressing the dresser dresser why are you allowing this tree to stay in the ground taking up space why is it wasting soil if it's pulling nutrients from the ground but never producing fruit it's potentially taking nutrients away from some other tree that's producing fruit how about we get this tree out of the ground and let all the other trees that's producing fruit flourish the, the, the owner of the fig tree raises standards and accountability we can't live in a world that we think there is no higher authority that were raised of the level of standards and accountability that will not bring truth and judgment we live in a world where everybody has their truth and nobody want to submit to the truth and so everybody thinks that their way is higher than God's way and the owner comes to let them know I get determined what happens with this tree and he says for three years I've been waiting for fruit and I have not gotten fruit from this tree he raises the standard he puts in the principle of sowing and reaping he said if i sow something i ought to get something back and i ought to get fruit he raises accountability through truth and judgment he also begins a conversation that says whose fault is it whose fault is it that this tree has not produced fruit whose fault is it it seems like he raises this conversation to the dresser on whose fault is it because he comes to him and said what are you doing why is it still in the ground but i'll tell you the truth if you spend time in your life always worried about whose fault fault is it you don't necessarily move to responsibility you can't always sit there and resolve things just by thinking whose fault is it the dresser doesn't get in the conversation with the owner about whose fault it is can I submit to you that some of us are spending too much time finding out and talking about whose fault it is now i'm not against accountability but accountability don't bring transformation in itself accountability not in itself transformation is another act that comes in and the the dresser says this conversation I don't want to it's not about accountability alone but it's about what we're going to do next this is what the dresser of the vineyard says to the owner this is what he says you see it right there verse 8 he answered and said unto him Lord let it alone this year also in other words the dresser of the vineyard represents the Holy Spirit it represents the Holy Spirit speaking up on the intent and the potential of the seed that went into the ground that turned into a trunk that turned with branches that got leaves and twigs. In the midst of judgment, here comes something called intercession. In the midst of not being where we should be, in the midst of not raising and meeting the standard, here comes something that don't argue about whose fault it is, but moves in a place called intercession and the dresser says as the holy spirit the dresser says i'm going to move into intercession for this fig tree because i believe this fig tree can produce fruit and the and the dresser says to the owner it says wait a minute hold on a minute i need you to extend some more mercy tell somebody more mercy I'm telling you in 2022 y'all gonna have to learn to receive and extend more mercy. Yes you are, cause this is a year of great transformation and great deliverance but we've lost the fact that mercy is the key that allows us to change. The Bible tells us if it wasn't for the Lord's mercy we would have been consumed. Even Romans 12 when it tells us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice before it tells us to present our bodies the first thing paul says i beseech thee and urge thee by the mercies of god meaning there ain't no way that you can give yourself fully to god until you recognize his mercy has given you the opportunity to even please him and so the holy spirit jumps in this conversation of a tree that's about to be cut down and say don't cut this tree give it another year everybody say another year He says, give this tree another year. Don't cut it down. It's the Holy Spirit that intervenes in our barrenness. It's the Holy Spirit that intervenes in our sin. It's the Holy Spirit that intervenes when we're wrong, when we're out of place, when God would raise the standard. And the Bible is still true. The wages of sin is death. But thanks be to God. if it wasn't for Jesus and the Holy Spirit, spirit. We would have been wiped out long time ago. Yeah, we all can get up and testify that God has taken me these places and God has did this to my life. But testify what he did before he allowed you to get to that place. Testify on how he intervened and saved you and held you together before you got yourself together. Talk about The the five years before the breakthrough, we was about to lose your mind. We was in the wrong with the wrong people in the wrong places. But the Holy Spirit spoke up for you and said, no, 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 Father, give this tree another year. Tell somebody another year. The Holy Spirit stepped in and spoke up on our behalf with intercession and said no, I can feel it in my spirit like Romans says for we know not what we ought to speak or what we pray but with groanings and utterance the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. Then it goes on because it knows the will and intent of the spirit and then it goes for we know all things work together for the good. See you can't get to that part till you remember that we didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to say, but the Holy Ghost made intercession for us and it said don't let Joe die now, Joe gonna be a preacher one day, Joe gonna love the Lord with all his heart, Our judgment don't come for him now, he's in the wrong place, smoking weed hanging out with the wrong folks but hold back, give him more time give him a little more time you know, wait, 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 wait a minute some of us keep talking about uh, we done it. you know see some of us I'm telling you, you're gonna need more mercy Some of us keep deciding that our standards are greater than God. So we keep telling people who don't fell into some situation, we don't gave them enough mercy. God said, "You don't gave them enough mercy." Did you want me to tell you you don't get I don't gave you enough mercy. You can't determine when God don't gave enough mercy. You can't. You can't. when God's not been compassionate enough. Judgment is not in your hands. And sometimes we're looking at people's lives. They haven't bear fruit, but I want you to know some plant, some water. But is the Lord of the harvest. You better watch your mouth. Trying to tell people that they don't had enough mercy. And when you look at your own life, you ain't never told God, God, don't help me, I don't have enough mercy. The Holy Spirit intercedes on behalf of the barren fig tree and said, not yet. Give it another year. I know you've been coming for three years straight and hadn't seen what you desire. But somebody said it's a prophetic word. Tell somebody another year. Another year. Another year. It's, It's trying to teach us the need for mercy and compassion. Yeah. Even as I said, this is a great year of deliverance. But we got to remember the component of mercy and compassion. Because you know, some of us cut people off too quickly. Now, you may can't be through the whole process you may can't be up close while the person is going through their transformation but f- be careful when you start writing people off with your words it's okay when you can admit i don't have the strength to support you in this but i know god can bring you through how do i know god can bring you through mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know how I know God can bring you through? Thank you, Minister White. You know how I know God can bring you through. Because I remember there was a woman who was caught in the sin of adultery, and when she was caught in the sin of adultery, the accusers came wondering what Jesus was going to do. What did Jesus do? Jesus bent down to the ground, and he began to write in the sand. I don't know what Jesus was writing in the sand. I'm telling you there's a part of my consciousness that still want to know what to write in the sand. That makes people see their own sins make people see their own vulnerabilities I don't know what he was writing in the sand, but whatever he wrote in the sand calls from the Eldest to the youngest to walk away as they thought about stoning her for her sins Jesus wrote in this I still want to know what Jesus wrote in the sand that will cause them to remember It could have been them I want to I know what it was in the sand that became a mirror of their weakness a mirror of their vulnerability a mirror of their humanity i think the worst thing in the house of god is a, a redeemed person that doesn't remember i think the worst thing in the church is the same person that don't remember you know why? Cause they got authority, but they forget what 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 God did for them, and they'll beat up on everybody else, and forget where they come from. You ain't hear me at what I'm saying. Jesus causes these men to remember, and they walk away from the eldest to the youngest, as if the elders were saying, "Y'all young bucks, y'all just got here, but over my sixty years." And I made a whole lot of mistakes. I'm gonna let y'all Young books handle this one. Y'all, y'all can deal with Jesus and the woman. And tell you what, get back with me and let me know what happened. Uh, Cause life has taught me something at my 60 years old. I'm magnifying the story. Life has taught me that you never know what you're going through, never gonna do. You never know where you're gonna be. You can't even imagine. I know I don't wish to be anywhere, but the truth of the matter, I've been someplace I never thought I'd be. Oh, y'all want to say nothing? I've done some things I never thought I was going to do. Oh, and and the person with the eldest in that story gets to walk away and say, Y'all, young bucks, handle it. Young bucks, young bucks, you know, you know how the young bucks, they're full of strength. They ain't lived long enough to have no experiences, you know what I'm saying? And so they're like, Oh, y'all, old cats walking away. Y'all, you know, it's time for the new age school, you know, and we're going to do this differently. You know, we call it cancel culture. You know, we don't like something, we just ruin people for life. You know, when people make Sins and mistakes and discretions, you know what I mean. We cancel everything. You know good. You never been good. You never did anything good. We gonna just look at your one, two, three, four, five, six things wrong, and we gonna cancel out everything. You know, we're here, but you keep living a while. Oh, you keep living a while, and then sooner or later, as he keeps writing some ministers to the young folks, the young folks was like, "Hey, I'm going home too, man. What you got to do, today, man? I got something to do, so to speak." And they all go home. Jesus looks up to this woman and says, "Where are thine accusers?" I'm telling you if we're not careful we'll be people who speak truth but we're missing love the Bible has never called the church to speak truth without Love never, the Bible tells us, speak truth in love. So, we can't go around and just say what we want to say when we want to say it. We can't even take the word of God and use it without love. You can't do that. I was telling somebody, I can't just preach the gospel without love. My whole mouth and ministry is based on me being able to speak truth in love, come on now, God ain't never called us to just tell people up and condemn them and even, be careful now, we can't even send people to a place we have no authority of we don't have no authority of hell I'm telling you it's wrong when we try to send people to hell, now we can preach about hell, it's a reality and God will send people to hell, it's in the Bible but I can't send nobody nowhere that I myself have the potential to go if I don't get my behind straight excuse me get my behind part straight and get myself in line I don't have no authority not just of hell but I don't even have no authority of heaven as well that means as as I accepted Jesus by his blood I'm a candidate for heaven but I can't get mad and then tell God who can't come in that's why you got get delivered from your prejudices that's why you got get delivered from your bitterness because there's gonna be somebody who did you wrong on that great getting up morning they're gonna be getting up with you and if it were possible for you not to go at that moment you would be in bad shape because you hold it on to bitterness and thinking you got a right to tell somebody where they can't go and you don't got authority over it the worst thing we can do in the church is speak truth without love we can't forget love tell somebody we can't forget love The dresser puts something in the equation between standards. I'm working here and I feel it. Between how to get people to standards when they're having tough time producing fruit. The Bible says the key is love. Even God said it in his word. He says through love and Have I drawn thee? You didn't get here just because of God's judgment. You got here through his love and his kindness. Oh, you don't believe me? I got it. I feel it now. Even the prodigal son. I love the story. It teaches us how the father stands up for standards. I'll teach you really quick how it shows it. The Bible says that the son comes to him and said, give me the goods that falleth on me. And he divided unto them his living both sons. He divided the living inheritance to them. The young son got his inheritance and went back in the house to work. The older son decided I'm getting my stuff i'm going i got other things to do i'm tired of being in your house i know how to live life and i'm going out here and i'm gonna live my life he get out there with his life he spent all got around with all types of people he was broke busted and disgusted. he was down on the ground about to eat the pig slop but then the bible said he came himself and said I will arise and go to my father's house why because he said how many hired servants my father have that eat and there's bread to spare and nobody is hungry what he was saying is I think I can come home and get out of this because my daddy taking care of people who are not his children they are not even his sons I'm a son but he's taking care of servants And they eat and they have bread to spare and nobody hungry all he is saying is my father is so good and so loving that I can come home it's the reminder of the love of God that brings people to repentance can I remind you of what love sound like can I remind you of what love feels like here it is first Corinthians 13 it says if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. I am a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, listen to this, I am nothing if i give away all i have and if i deliver up my body to be burned but have not love i've gained nothing love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it is not arrogant or rude it does not insist its own way it is not irritable or resentful it does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. All things endorse. Y'all ain't saying nothing. What can make you hold out when you got every? I feel the Holy Ghost. What make you hold out on somebody and something when you got all the legitimate reasons to quit? It's something called love. Love a kick in and make you endure. Love endures all things love never ends as for prophecies they will pass away as for tongues they will cease as for knowledge it will pass away but love is above all tell somebody love 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 the holy ghost speaks up to this tree that seems to experience judgment and he tells uh, the father the owner of the tree the owner of the tree the holy spirit tells the owner of the tree don't give up on this tree quite quite yet tell somebody say another year Another year, the Holy Ghost is speaking up for this barren tree. This barren tree that has a trunk, branches, twigs, and leaves, but it has no fruit. I believe the Holy Spirit makes intercession, and I believe really the communication between the dresser and the Father is somewhat like this. See, the Holy Spirit is an interpreter. Like I said, the Bible says, we know not what we ought to say, but the Holy Spirit comes in. So the Holy Spirit takes mistakes foolishness wickedness it takes your background it takes how you grew up it takes your intellect it takes your ingenuity your creativity the Holy Spirit intervenes and is able to talk to God on behalf of everything you've been through and I believe the dresser was trying to talk to the owner of the fig tree I believe in my mind how this thing is really happening it's a language that the father understands from the dresser Uh, he understands from the dresser the dresser has the responsibility the dresser has seen things Looked like it never was going to grow and all of a sudden it came back to life have you ever seen something in the ground have you ever seen some trees look like it's about to die have you ever seen some trees leaned over branches limped and you turn yourself around three days later and that thing is propped back up the dresser has experience it has the skill and I would like to say the dresser the Holy Spirit has a role and he can cold your trouble and he can cold your pain and he can code your sin and he talks to the owner and I believe he's trying to say hey slow down a little bit you got to remember the tree is still in the ground tell somebody the tree is still in the ground it don't have lead it don't have fruit but it is in the ground I want you to hold up from judgment it's in the ground it's in the ground it's in the ground it's been planted here and it's in the ground It didn't uproot themselves when they got mad have, have you ever been in a place where God put you somewhere and you got so frustrated you forgot he planted you there? your planting is different see being buried means that you're just under the ground and buried in itself just means you're under the ground and potentially you have no future sometime when you're buried like when you bury trash you don't plan to go up there and see if the trash done turned into something great no you buried it because it represents an end of a thing but planting takes on a different type of mentality when you plant the seed you planted it with a expectation and with intent i believe the holy spirit the dresser tells the owner remember why you put this thing in the ground remember that you put it here on purpose remember that you desired this thing to grow and remember i want you to know owner the holy spirit says it didn't just stay a seed tell somebody get up off me I want to say it like I feel it. Tell somebody say, "Get up off me. I may not have all the fruit that I need to have, but that don't mean I wasn't growing. I may, oh, you may not can see the fruit yet But all because you can't see the fruit I believe the Holy Spirit says That doesn't mean I wasn't growing I knew I was growing Because I went from a seed to a trunk Y'all ain't seen me, I feel the Holy Ghost And not only did I go from a seed to a trunk But I went from trunk to a branches uh, Not only did I go from branches But I started to represent some twigs And some leaves And the Holy Spirit is saying Hold up, hold up Father Don't take him out Hold up don't take this brother out. Don't take this sister out. They have produced fruit but tell somebody I'm still growing. <laughs> the Holy Spirit begins to interpret the years that has gone by. The years that has gone by and begin to say this thing is not just buried, it's planted. It's planted and there is remember what you spoke over this seed that this seed was going to bear fruit. And I believe that's why I'm happy that the Holy Spirit intervened for me. Anybody grateful? That the Holy Spirit intervened just like in this text and the Holy Spirit says, hold up. I'm asking you to give this tree, tell somebody to say another year. Yeah. It's the voice of mercy. It's the voice of compassion. It helps us to remember while we're struggling to produce that he's waiting on us. He's given us mercy to produce the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you. I have accepted that it is of the Lord's mercy that why I'm here. Every time I get up to preach and I got to tell you what thus says the Lord. I remember where I've been. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I remember what I had to go through and I accept mercy. I want to make sure I hit that today. That was just in my spirit so strong today. All right, so I'm a double point this thing. Because I'm telling you, God wants to warn us this year and be careful that we don't cut off something that's about to grow in a little bit. God wants to warn some of you this year about something that wasn't working. I'm through the Holy Spirit. Something that was not working, not producing the intended fruit. But God's saying, hold up. Give these things a little more mercy because I think it's the time. I think all the things that this tree had to learn. Can I say this? You don't know what it takes for people to fully come into what they need to do you don't know how much it takes and what it takes and that's why you got to get yourself out the way and stop determining what's people's time you can't always determine people's time that's why i gotta teach i don't feel like i'm hitting it but i'm going back to it i got the feeling because the holy spirit trying to help you you got to you can't be worried about whose fault it is all day you got to say this what's my role what's my role in this? I'm not the Lord of the harvest. Let me slow down because I got to teach you. I feel like Holy Spirit saying go back to help some folks. What's my role? What's my role in this brother turning around? What's my role in this sister coming into fruition? If you're not careful some of you have gotten yourselves together and you have to t- decide it Whenever people else should be together. You can't tell me, I hear the Holy Ghost helping me. Y'all look at other people you can't tell me about struggle I know struggle. You don't know when I was 15, I had a baby I had a wedlock. I know what it is to raise all y'all as single mother. Alright, that was you. That's how God delivered you. But that don't mean the way and the time God delivered you. is the way God's going to deliver them. And you got to stop basing on how God brought you out the same way God's going to bring them out. Yes, yes yeah, and so you got to find your role, say so I don't know what else I can do here, but I'm going to be, lo- I'm going to pray for you, hallelujah, you know you may have to be honest, I'm sorry I can't keep paying your rent, amen i look, I can't keep doing it, I just can't keep doing it that ain't my role in this one, hallelujah hallelujah, I just can't keep doing it, I can't doing it, but I'm so sure going to pray that something something happened that you can pay your rent, so y'all see what I'm saying, see I'm still in the process, see I'm still rather than, I ain't paying your rent. You dirty dog, nasty stink selves and you start judging everything, putting them down and telling them what they can't do. And you miss what your role is. And I'm telling you, God's trying to help us get out the wrong role because we got to remember where we've been after the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, be careful. Because God, tell. I feel the Holy Ghost. Tell somebody, God, I feel prophetically about it. Spin around if you can stand up and say, God's going to turn it around this year. I feel that if you can believe that by faith with certain things that you've been waiting on God to do, and it's been challenging for you, I dare you to say, one more year, I believe you're going to turn around, say this year. Give me a few minutes. This year, I feel the Holy Ghost. I, feel, I still feel that <laughs> I and I've accepted the mercy of God let me get this point I, I've accepted the mercy of God for me see merciful people can be merciful to others but arrogant people can't see nothing and when you start using words like I can't see I can't see be careful be careful when you stop using those words. Those are cold words. I say sometimes I can't see it, but God knows. I'm going to leave that alone. And sometimes if I get into something, even as a pastor, because everybody know I get into messy things. Everybody know I get into messy things. Amen. If you ever come close to me and I ain't smelling right, you just know I've been in a mess. Amen I ain't talking about naturally I'm talking about spiritually with my life as a pastor people fall in the ditches people fall in the pits People fall into some messy stuff and I get into some mess sometimes Y'all ain't saying nothing but I remember while I'm in the mess trying to help somebody the Bible even says like this It says it says when you it says ye who are spiritual if you see a man overtaken in his sin and his faults, ye who are spiritual, remember yourself, lest ye fall. Meaning while you helping somebody else, get out of where they been, remember where you come from. So let me tell you my secret to helping people out of stuff, remembering. While I'm counseling somebody, I'm remembering while I'm supporting them I'm remembering I'm remembering where I was I'm remembering the mercy of God towards me and I'm telling you people who are who, are, who have received mercy ought to be the most merciful oh I feel the Holy Spirit helping me today bringing all kinds of scriptures to the mind the, remember the lady who walked in the room with Jesus worshipping she broke open the alabaster box and she worshipped in front of everybody after she worshiped they looked at Jesus and says this money could have been used to give to the poor and we could you know what we could have did with all this money she done wasted this oil on Jesus you know we, we could have sold this now we ain't have to use all this for no worship we could have took this oil and did something with it that's what she Jesus said shame on y'all first of all he was in Simon Simon's house he said Simon first of all I'm in your house this woman has trespassed to worship none invited considered a harlot of the city but she says if jesus is there i can go there forget who else is in the room but if jesus is there i can go there invites herself crashes the party and jesus says, wait a minute now i've been here the whole time and y'all ain't give me no worship at least the owner of the house could have been saying thank you for visiting my house you could have went over down to john house you could have went over there to mary house well thank you jesus for visiting my house no instead of being grateful that jesus is at his house he gets arrogant oh i feel the holy ghost helping me that he's at the table with jesus tell your neighbor all because you at the table don't think you equal some people get to the table and forget because they're at the table they start thinking they're equal with everybody at the table no jesus is at the table and he's allowed you to be at the table so he can feed you and take care of you simon loses sight that he could have had the greatest opportunity to do the most worshiping because it's his house jesus brings them into conviction for not worshiping he said y'all sitting up here y'all had the greatest opportunity to worship me i've been here the whole time y'all ain't said nothing now when this woman brings this all in here and she begins to worship now you got so much to say about her he says, but i could tell those who really been forgiven because those who recognize they've been for forgiven much will worship much. So I ain't trying to judge your praise. But sooner or later, when you start really thinking about all that God's done for you, it's going to come through your worship. It's going to come through your praise. When you humble yourself and remember where you could have been, it's going to come through your worship. He said, this woman praised me because she was forgiven much. I'm telling you, God's trying to remind us that we ought to be merciful. Say, be merciful. So when this, when this dresser, my last point, when this dresser says to the father, the owner of the vineyard, and the owner of the fig tree, he says, I'm going to do something about this tree. He says, not just another year, give it another year, but just not another year, somebody says, this year. I'm going to put a demand on righteousness through faith. Just everybody say this year? I dare you to say it. Not another year, he says, but it's really he's trying to say this year. When he says give this tree another year, because the next verses he says, and come back the following year, and if it's not right, we're going to cut it down. I believe there has to come an urgency and a demand to push you into fruitfulness. Somebody said this year. I believe what he's trying to say here. He says, Look, this is what he's trying to say. Look, he says, Lord, give me this time also. I want you to see what he says. Um, uh, look, look at verse 8. When he answered, he said, Lord, let it alone. This year also. Don't bother it again. You've been patient with me. Tell somebody, say, Lord, be patient with me this year. <laughs> I I just believe something going to snap in the spirit for me this year. I just believe I'm going to get it together this year. Whatever I've been tripping, I'm going to get it together. Uh, Y'all playing around with this thing. I really do feel that I'm going to break into new areas of Josephness this year because he waited for me. I really believe there's something else God's been trying to I'm being very personal right now and I'm only being personal so you can learn to be personal too. I'm being very, God's been waiting on me to do something else and grow into something else and I'm about to show God I said this earlier his mercy is not in vain I'm about to show God his time of waiting on me is personal. So personal tell somebody say this year he said I'm gonna dig around it he said I'm gonna dig around it and I'm gonna dunk it so this is what the dresser says and I'm not just going to um just sit around and now I first communicated on behalf of the fig tree I became an advocate like a lawyer I know some of y'all want to go to court and represent yourself. You ain't studying no law. You don't know how to get off on a technicality. You talking to the judge, you're all in your emotions. You mad and fussing. And that lawyer is skilled on how to represent you. About to save you some pennies and get you a little lawyer. You about to get you an advocate to fight for you. Is trained and learn how to fight. Just help somebody who is struggling what to do with that situation. Uh huh. Get you an advocate. The advocate says, "Not only have I spoke up on behalf of the fig tree, who didn't know the words to save his own self. God help me. I'm also going to do something else. Like I'm going to dig about it. I believe this is the season. Everybody say to dig deep. I'm going to keep preaching until we get it. God says this is the time that I'm going. Hold this Spirit, I'm going to dig around the fig tree." It means I'm going to hollow some things out. What it means is the Holy Spirit says now I'm coming in this season to get some things from around this fig tree. This fig tree got all the potential, got all the DNA, but something is blocking its fruitfulness. And the first thing I'm going to look is what's around it. I'm going to inspect what's around it, and I'm not going to be passive about what it takes to push this tree into fruitfulness. I'm going to cut off everything that's not. Funding this tree that's not pushing this tree. I'm telling you, what God is trying to do to bring you in fruitfulness is get some things that's around you, some people that's around you. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Every time you get with crazy Susie, you act just like Susie. And as soon as you stop getting connected to Susie, you're gonna be all right. Y'all ain't never seen them parent tell their kids, Boy, you be just fine till you go hang out with Aaron. I mean, no harm harm your name, Aaron. Boy, but every time you go hang out with Aaron, you come back in this house, you act like you ain't never got no training. See, God, this year, gonna cut off the things that's pushing you into wrong places and that's <laughs> contaminating you from fruitfulness. And he's not gonna be, listen to this, motivational. Some of us, when God gets into a high, another gear, we get squirmish. The dresser saying, I ain't about to be motivational. I'm about to be militant. Because there's some things I got to pluck up from around you. There's some things that I got to purge from around you. This digging process is to dig, is to research, is to investigate what it is. What's causing this fig seed to have trunk, to have branches, to have leaves, but no fruit, no fruit. What is it? I'm going to find it. And when I find it, I'm not going to be motivational. Because we already spent three years being motivational. We're going to be militant and we're going to remove some stuff. We're going to hollow it out. When you dig around it, it means I'm hollowing it out. It also means that the Holy Spirit comes to sanctify, to cleanse, and to separate. And He says there's got to be something connected to this tree underneath that I can't see because underneath it has roots but something else is supplying strength or supplying its strength to this tree that we can't see but underneath this thing underneath the ground we are gonna dig now cause we got to figure out what's toxic getting inside this tree this tree has went to a phase that we can see it can grow but it just can't produce fruit. Oh, it gotta be something in there and the Holy Spirit will get underneath the surface of your life and start digging and hollowing out and cleaning and sanctifying what's around you so you can produce. So the Holy Spirit uh, does something to start uh, digging around. The other thing he says I'm gonna do, I'm going to dung it. To dung me when I find what it is, I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to throw it away. To dung represents to throw away, to scatter. to It means waste, like a dung hill. It means I cut away, I throw away, because this is a waste. It's not, it's not that the fig tree is a waste. What's connecting to them is wasting their lives. If you're not careful, there's something that's feeding you, wasting your life. You could be further, you could be growing further, but something connecting you is taking away your strength. I don't know how to preach it like I feel it, but I'm telling you, some of y'all this year, to be everything God called you to be, you're going to grow something called a backbone. <laughs> you're going to learn to tell people no, and you're going to go and sleep in a deep sleep after that. <laughs> I'm telling you, going to sleep so so deep, your, your neighbor in the apartment going to be hitting the wall. What's, what's going on over there? I ain't heard you sleep that deep, snoring that loud. Why? I finally told the person that's toxic in my life. No, don't call me no more. Don't look up my number no more. Don't call them, No, we can't go out to eat. No, we can't fellowship because there's no fellowship with darkness and light. I decided I'm the light and I'm getting the darkness out of me. This year, you're going to resist the devil and he's going to flee. Backbone. He says, I'm going to dunk it. So really what the Holy Spirit is doing this year to bring you into fruitfulness It's called induced labor. It means you've been carrying this thing. Wow. This thing is in you. Oh, it's in you. But the problem is it ain't coming out. Now, we don't evaluate everything. And we just have decided that it's time for this thing to come on out. That's what the doctors do when they feel like it's time or the baby's matured or, or it's necessary. They grab that woman and say, come on in here, baby. And I'm telling you, like the women say, if they've been carrying that baby a while, the doctor said, we're going to come over there and we'll see some things. You know how the doctor talks sometimes. They mean well. Said, y'all, we're going to check some things and figure some things out. The, the women who are ready to deliver, they say, you ain't checking no thing today. Y'all inducing me. This baby coming out of here. No, he beat me up. She beat me up. Mm-mm, no, I don't care of this thing. Thank God for it. But today you're going to do something about this type of thing. You know, y'all ain't, you know, no women who get to that place. we like, no, nah, you're going to induce me today. You know, no, nah, we don't care this thing long enough. I don't know what's going on. I remember they had to induce Pastor Robin, gave her some stuff to induce Pastor Robin. Um, Josh, Josh was taking his time. My wonderful son, still the same way, very thoughtful, very intelligent, still the same way. He ain't changed. Still saying. They was like, oh, we think that uh, the baby under stress. But that boy ain't under no stress. That boy been chilling there for nine months. That boy ain't under no stress. He home. He's at the home he know is home. You know, He and he's still the same way today. He's up in that womb just chilling. And they tried to induce it when it happened, so Pastor Rodman had a C-section. Pastor Rodman had a C-section. And when when, when Joshua Davis came out, they said, whoa, he's a mad something. I said, I told you it was fine. He was just mad that y'all bothered him and he was cozy and he was comfortable. You know, sometimes I have to pinch a baby and do a little tap to make sure the baby's lungs and all that. Josh came out yelling and screaming, stretching. <laughs> Leave me alone. I was fine for nine months. What is happening here that y'all have induced my labor? Induced her labor. I'm telling you, some of you, God's about to induce your labor. It's already in you. It's time for that thing to come forth, and God's going to put some pressure on you. He's going to put some righteous pressure on you to induce you into labor. He has allowed the Holy Spirit to extend mercy to you. But God said, the greatest thing I desire is to see your fruitfulness. I'm telling you, your identity is not in having a tree, a tree with a trunk. Your identity is not your branches. Your identity is not leaves or twigs. What the enemy don't want you to do is produce the fruit. Because the fruit is your greatest identity. The fruit speaks for itself when you don't have to say a word. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church and we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days knowing that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him.